Do you know what a PR is? No, it's not public relations. That's what I thought of at first, too. But one day my husband came home from CrossFit and said, babe, I just PR'd on my deadlift. And I was like, yeah, honey, what does that mean? And it turns out it means he set a new personal record. I so admire the way he builds his physical strength and has made that a priority because it makes him stronger as a whole. But what about when you need to build emotional strength or spiritual strength? It's not really as simple as going to the gym and lifting some weights and setting a new PR, but it's equally as important. So how can you and I be strong women as a whole? How can we encourage each other to build strength, not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually as well? Then what about when life throws you curveballs? When you're going through grief, financial struggles, health issues, relational tension, spiritual and emotional strength becomes even more vital. So how do we maintain this strength even when life gets really hard? This episode is going to tell you how. This is the non-exclusive podcast. Stories that remind you you're not the only one. Hosted by Rebe and Candice. Before we get into this episode, Rebe and I just want to thank you all for listening. It has been such an exciting process to put out these episodes um, every other week and see that they're being heard. And also your guys' interaction with us, whether it be on Instagram or Facebook, we have enjoyed that so much. Just seeing that you relate, these stories are resonating with you too, because they definitely have made Candace and I feel like, okay, we're not the only ones here. And to see that it's doing that for you too just makes our hearts so happy. So thank you for letting us know that that's happening, whether it's been texting on Instagram at non-exclusive podcast or on Facebook at non-exclusive podcast. Whether you've interacted with us on Facebook or Instagram before, we so want to hear what you're loving. Um, If you are relating to something that we're talking about, if you're struggling with something, or if you just have questions, please comment. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, we'd love to do more of what you're loving. Also, you can tell us those things on iTunes in review. That actually helps the podcast a ton. So if you've listened this far and are like, hey, I really like this. I'd love it to keep going. Go on to iTunes, write us a little review, and just say what you like about the podcast. Because that not only helps us on iTunes, but it helps us know what we should keep doing and where we should be going with this podcast. And really just to better serve you and keep this conversation going. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. Yeah. On to the episode. I was driving down the road on my way to record this episode, actually, and the idea for the title came to me, Stronger. And when I thought of that word associated with today's story, I got a little emotional because it's about my dear friend, Hannah. About a year ago, Hannah moved from Nashville, Tennessee to California to follow a dream where she is now the co-founder and head of operations at Blue Light Media for companies that are looking for creative solutions to their marketing needs. We've been friends for a while now. I've watched her walk through some really rough stuff in the last few years, particularly with her health. She knows what it's like to have moments of weakness, and she doesn't sugarcoat it in this story. But it's crazy to look back on the last several years and realize that she's stronger physically, emotionally, and spiritually than she ever was before. Here's Hannah's story. In some ways, I don't even know where to begin. 
Anyone who has dealt with autoimmune diseases knows that it's an inextricable web with anchor points throughout your body, environment, and medical progress. It's constant planning, always explaining at least a portion of it in social situations, handling confusion and disbelief on treatment decisions, and the financial strain of choosing alternative treatments not covered by insurance. When Rebe and Candace asked me to share my story, I knew that there were two sides to how my health had affected my relationships. The friends who were there throughout this discovery process, and my boyfriend, who is a recent addition to my life, and how I'm learning to share some of the most complicated and vulnerable parts of my health story with him. But let's start from the beginning. I'll be as brief as I can, but it's important to know the backstory before we go further. My teenage years were filled with long-term antibiotics and two rounds of Accutane in an attempt to treat cystic acne, both of which are now known to cause gut and digestive distress. My college years were spent discovering a severe gluten sensitivity, as well as being misdiagnosed for a thyroid disease. In the stress and lack of sleep from graduating, working two campus jobs, and post-grad job hunting, I put myself into what some call an adrenal crisis. The month after graduation, I was down to eating maybe five or six foods and could barely function. During this time, my thyroid symptoms weren't resolving and I went to a new doctor who found that my thyroid levels were astoundingly poor and that my antibody count was some of the highest she had seen. I was then diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, an autoimmune disease that affects the thyroid. As a super brief explanation, autoimmune diseases occur when the body begins attacking itself instead of intruders. Cue testing out different medicines, figuring out what foods I could eat, and my foray into alternative medicine. This involved a process called nutrition response testing and using a number of supplements to help heal my gut, thyroid, and adrenals. I've reintroduced a few foods since then, but I'm still what could most easily be described as following a modified paleo diet. The saving grace of this timing was that I was in the early days of the paleo explosion, so finding foods and resources was fairly easy. But there were also many moments where I dealt with a skeptical servers or others who thought I was jumping onto a fad, not trying to stay a functioning human. I know I'm extremely fortunate to have the insurance needed for continuous testing and the means for out-of-pocket treatment, even though it's definitely been tight at times. But there are still the why me times, like when I can barely stomach the food I can eat and can barely take the 11 different supplements I'm on, along with remembering to sleep enough and to manage stress so my adrenals can continue healing, not eat too much sugar so my thyroid functions well, and remembering food everywhere so I'm never left without it, like on a 14-hour layover due to a misconnection. I'm never not bringing too many snacks again. Pair that with a demanding career and a type A Enneagram type 2 personality, and you've got quite the perfect storm brewing. These were the times when, even though I knew that there were others living with chronic illness, it's so easy to feel alone in a sea of testing, appointments, food prep, and simply feeling like no one understands. Nearly one in five people have some form of autoimmune disease, and that's not counting other types of chronic illness, so I'm definitely not alone. It's important for me to note that the last thing I want to do is to make it sound like I'm a perfectly adjusted human that's taken to these changes easily. There have been, and at times still is, a hefty dose of bitterness. To the dermatologist who let me stay on antibiotics for years, to the FDA for allowing a product like Accutane to still exist, and to the doctor for not realizing that a severe vitamin D deficiency meant autoimmunity and for misdiagnosing my Hashimoto's. So how does this relate to relationships? Because in your worst moments of fear and doubt and unknowns, your relationships are what pull you through. I'm 100% certain that my faith wouldn't be as strong as it is today without going through these years of pain, fear, and questioning. 
The moments of beautiful, life-giving community stem from the moments of openness. Chronic illness is a 24-7 thing that can consume your life. It's driving way too far for Paleo Donuts so you can feel normal for 15 minutes. It's taking 40-something pills a day so you can reach a functioning level. It's becoming your own biggest advocate in never-ending doctor's offices, and it's learning how to respectfully stand your ground. It's reading scientific papers on lunch break and creating an entire section of your budget for supplements that may just be bigger than your grocery bill. And it's also feeling like you're never doing enough because there are others who seem like they're doing more than you and doing it better. One of my goals in telling my story was sharing the emotional toll chronic illness can have on you. It's not for a pity party, but as an effort to help people better understand what it means in daily life. This experience has taught me so much about empathy. But there are also the human connections that can help you break free from the isolation and show you what true community is. From a friend who has nearly identical diagnoses who I can text at any time and get a truly understanding response, she's the only reason I'm mentally sane at this point, to Rebe, who cooks Hannah-friendly meals and always double-checks ingredients with me. Hold tight to these people. Your community is your secret weapon. The beauty of social media is that, even though it has its downsides, it's an incredible way to connect with others in similar situations. I recently joined a Facebook group for those focused on going beyond the standard set of healing steps for those with autoimmune diseases. It's an encouraging, enlightening place to see nearly 3,000 other people in similar position. We brainstorm for each other, share research, and commiserate when someone needs to vent a bit. As someone in the entrepreneurship and startup space, I know, it sounds so pretentious, one of the things I share most is about how important community is. You need to surround yourself with the people who will support you, be real with you, and keep you going when it feels like all you can do is get dressed, let alone be in meetings, lead a growing team, and crank through your endless to-do list. Another key piece of this for me was sharing my journey with people. There are some who know pieces of it, there are a few that know more, and there are fewer that know everything from the symptoms to the mental strain daily life can have. When living with a chronic illness, especially an invisible one, vulnerability can be a challenge. You don't have to share every chapter with every person, but I encourage you to take a look at how vulnerability can help. If you don't have a chronic illness, you're not off the hook. Even if you feel like there's nothing special about your story, I promise that sharing whatever story you do have will help strengthen relationships. When we understand people, we get to know them on a deeper level. When something is so encompassing like a chronic illness, it's easy for it to become your entire life. It can be incredibly isolating. Enter your relationships. While my relationship with my boyfriend is an important part of the story, I also want to stress the importance of deep friendships through experiences like this. He's a recent addition, and there are a number of people who have helped me through the challenging times PB. That's pre-boy. Remember that friend I mentioned with nearly identical diagnoses? One of my favorite memories was when we accidentally glutened ourselves together. We attempted Chick-fil-A's grilled chicken nuggets, which are delicious, but turns out definitely not a safe food. On the drive home, we started feeling sick. We laughed at the situation we found ourselves in, doubled over in pain, then promptly curled up on the couch in her apartment and tried to sleep through the pain and brain fog. Another one of my favorites was visiting her for Thanksgiving. She had since gone vegan with great success, and I was still paleo. She bought me bacon and let me cook it in her apartment. She's a real winner. We ate overly expensive organic non-GMO potato chips, chocolate, and wine while catching up on life and commiserating over various health-related challenges. Without this shared experience and willingness to go through the messy parts of life together, our friendship would be nowhere near what it is today. This is why community is essential, especially as believers. Community isn't for when life is in a tidy little bow and you're feeling great. 
The real power of community comes when you're at a loss of what to do, can't get your act together, and need a moment to grieve for your former life before celebrating all the lessons it's given you. And now for my patient, caring, type B boyfriend who offsets my type A self that gets stressed far too easily. He jokes that we're the real life Claire and Phil Dunphy from Modern Family, and there's definitely some truth to that. On one of our first dates, we grabbed tea, then walked to a restaurant where I did the super quick, ah, I have a chronic illness, it's giving me some food sensitivities, spiel. I don't like drawing attention to myself in that way, but I also want people to know it's not because I'm jumping on a diet bandwagon. It's definitely a bit of a pride thing, I'll admit. In the past, I had gone on a variety of first, second, sometimes third or more dates where many of them didn't understand. I tried not to hold it against them, but could also tell pretty early on who would potentially be okay and who wouldn't be worth the time. Like the guy claiming all gluten sensitivities, including celiacs, was psychological. Let's just say he didn't get a second date. Once my boyfriend and I knew that this new relationship was actually going somewhere, I knew it was time for the first in a series of conversations about what the vague chronic illness statement from a few weeks earlier meant. He was understanding, and over the next month showed that he was willing to work with my limitations and lay low when I wasn't feeling well, instead of going out. Then there were the more serious talks, where I wanted to emphasize how this wasn't a short-term thing and how there could be long-term ramifications. While I couldn't be sure what the future would hold, it began weighing heavily on me and I didn't want to hide it any longer. Autoimmune diseases can't be fully reversed and have the potential to get worse quickly. He took it in stride, and as we kept discussing different aspects of the potential future and treatments and other parts of life, I couldn't quite believe I had found someone who was okay with all these limitations. There's one story in particular. I recently had an appointment with an endocrinologist that, from all my research, seemed like she was going to be great. Turns out she wasn't all that I had hoped to find. She was a capable doctor, but not willing to go the alternative route as I would would have liked. Anyways, my boyfriend asked how I was doing, and I replied with, let's just say I'm at stage, need Whole Foods, hot bars, paleo broccoli salad, sweet potatoes, and paleo cookie dough, and wine, and new girl. He admits he doesn't fully get the allure of Whole Foods hot bar, but I guess I can look past it. Even though I wanted to keep that tough, do-it-all woman exterior, I knew that this was a time to be rooted in honesty. It's not fun sharing these tough moments, but it also helped deepen our relationship. It's not worth pretending everything is okay for the appearance of strength. It's a facade that will eventually crumble. Here's the beautiful thing about true community. Whether friendships or romantic relationships, they see past the dirt and muck and see you for who you are, not as someone who so easily identifies as a list of diagnoses. There are a lot of unknowns that come with autoimmune diseases. As one of my favorite writers and practitioners in this space says, we're on the edge of science. There are symptoms that will affect my future in a number of ways, and while none of it's a given, it's important to me that both myself and parts of my community are aware so we can be ready. One Republic released a song a few years ago called Let's Hurt Tonight, and it's the perfect picture of community. While it's written as a love song, I view this as a picture of why community is so essential. It goes, I'll hit the lights and you lock the doors. Tell me all the things that you couldn't before. Don't walk away, don't roll your eyes. They say love is pain, well darling, let's hurt tonight. If this love is pain, well darling, let's hurt tonight. Community is more than friends givings and game nights. It's letting people in when life gets tough because you need people who will go into the darkness and bring you into the light. If you're going through a challenging part of life, whatever it might be, know that relationships are what will keep you going. I was single throughout the last five years, specifically when my health was at its worst. 
Even in the middle of this time, I was grateful for the experience of being single. Not to say I didn't have moments of wanting the support of a partner, but I learned how much I could do between the Lord, myself, and a few close friends. Now that I am in a relationship, I'm learning that I don't have to be that same fiercely independent person that living with chronic illness created. If you take one thing away from this story, let it be this. Community is an incredible gift, and it comes in many different forms. Wherever you are in life, whether single, dating, or married, there are ways to stay connected. Don't let the fear of vulnerability isolate you. Something amazing is on the other side. months ago, and honestly, I had no idea she was going through any of that. She carries herself with so much confidence, but also has found the importance of vulnerability. So we called Hannah to talk about finding that balance between confidence and vulnerability, as well as how you can be a good friend to someone with health issues, and how Hannah found the strength to be real in her relationships. All that and more after this. Our goal is to encourage you and remind you you're not the only one. Not only does that happen on this podcast, but also over on Facebook and Instagram at non-exclusive podcast. You can put faces with names and get encouragement in between episodes. In your story, you said um, you gave me a shout out and my heart was just warmed because you mentioned (laughs) how I make I, uh, you know, when we live near each other, that. I would make Hannah friendly meals, we called them. And I remember just really wanting to be a support to you and often wondering, like, I hope this is, I'm doing this right, or I hope that I'm being helpful. Are there other things like that that your friends that don't have a similar diagnosis to you have done that, like, mean the most? Yes, I think that cooking is such a big thing in this whole whole journey, um, especially like because I know that when I go over to your house, I don't have to worry about getting sick. Um, a friend of mine recent told me this week actually, he's like, you've spent the last five years looking for things that are gonna hurt you. Whereas when I go out to eat, it can be bubble, like I don't have to care about that. And he's like, I don't know what that's like. And it kind of hit me this week. And then it almost hit me as well of like, because I can go to your house and know that it's going to be a meal that I can eat and I won't be <laughs> curled up on the bed a couple hours later. Um, I That's such a huge um, show of love towards me. And then another one is just kind of spending time of if I don't feel healthy enough to go out, I'll say, hey, like, let's, let's watch some Netflix at home or something like that. Or if I am, then it's okay, well, let's take advantage of this time that I am feeling healthy, let's go get coffee and everything, and just really wanting to learn about the process and about what I can and can't do and about the foods. And I've had friends write lists (laughs) in their phone notes of what I can and can't eat so they don't have to keep asking me. And just those little tiny pieces of life that they can share with me is such a huge thing. And anyone that has kind of like taken that upon themselves like I really I really really appreciate that when I first met you if I didn't know that like you actually I don't even think I did know I would have had like no idea besides that I knew you had some sort of like eating things that you couldn't do um so because you carry yourself so well that that's not 
your identity, um, which I feel like people who have like some big struggles in their life often wear like a big sticker on their front that says, I have this and that's who I am. And I was really impressed and like amazed that that's not how you carry yourself. But there's also the opposite side where people carry themselves so well that they're not able to actually ask for help. And that's something like I've even seen in my life where I uh, like have heard multiple times. Like if I say that I'm struggling with something, people are like, but, but you're so confident. Like, how could you be struggling with that? And most of the time I'm like, just because I'm confident doesn't mean I'm not struggling. And I think that would, yeah, I think that would be even more like, you know, multiplied in your situation and to me you've done like a beautiful job of that balance if that makes sense thank you Um, yeah definitely it's having an invisible illness is definitely kind of like a blessing and a curse of there are days when i can kind of not fully ignore it but like you say of like i'll meet people and they won't know especially if it's not in a food setting but there's other days when it's also like i just i've it's been a long journey i'm still not totally perfect at this um, but like you were saying of that balance of vulnerability and then also having that confidence of that's been such a long journey. And I think it's because now I've had those moments of vulnerability with certain people. It doesn't have to be everyone. It doesn't have to be even five people, but if you can at least be vulnerable, starting with a couple close friends, then that can help you give you the strength and the knowledge and the, and the power to not let this autoimmune disease or whatever it is that you're struggling with to kind of like take over your body because it's it's so easy to be defined by your diagnosis and by your medical file um but you're so much more than that and that's such a big thing that i've been trying to kind of overcome and um especially moving to a new place and meeting people and then it isn't a food situation because all like everyone just gathers around food (laughs) um so it's definitely been a journey but i i really appreciate hearing that thank you Have you heard of the movie um, Midnight Sun? I have not. Okay, so it just came out, so that doesn't surprise me. Um, But I went to the movies last night, and this movie is based off of this girl. It's some cheesy trying to be walk to remember, like, you know, super sad sickness um, movie. There can only be one, a walk to remember. (laughs) I know, I know. Like I said, it was trying to be. It definitely wasn't. But... (laughs) Something that uh, the girl in the movie, because she ha- is like allergic to sun or something weird like that, and she meets this boy, and she doesn't tell him that she has this like allergy to the sun, and basically she's gonna die because she wants to keep that normalcy for a little bit longer and not have it mm-hmm. be like her label. And I was wondering, has that happened for you? Where you're like, I don't really want to say what's going on because for some people I'm suddenly going to be like labeled until like until they know you can just be like just Hannah not Hannah with an autoimmune disease right yes definitely it that's such a good question it's weird in some ways there are times where I feel like that especially because like I've been meeting a lot of new people over the past year that I've moved out here um but then there's also times where I'm like taking my 40 something pills a day where I I'll text my, my friend Carol that I talked about in, um, in my story of like, I just want to be normal. I just want to like be able to go out with friends and eat whatever and not have to worry about, Oh, will there be something I can eat? Or, Oh, do I have 
a banana and almond butter in my purse or something like that. But I think it's really been this evolution of learning that even though there's the potential for me to be defined by my disease, I want to talk about it because there's not enough people talking about these invisible illnesses. And I'm not trying to downplay the visible ones, but just the fact of like, there's what, one in five people with an autoimmune disease? So incredibly common. There's a lot of people that don't necessarily realize how much I'm trying to make happen. And I don't want to use this as an excuse, but at the same time, it's like, look at what I can do because of the certain amount of healing that I've had and the Lord and everything like that is, this is who I am. And so I've had a lot more confidence over the past year, year and a half to just kind of talk about it more because it's something that needs to be shared. And I follow a couple accounts on Instagram that are all about just kind of removing the stigma from it because there's such a stigma with, I mean, mental health and certain illnesses and everything. And just kind of being like, no, like we can be quote unquote normal people. We can have these, quote unquote, normal lives. But there's just some days where it's not going to be as normal as others. In short, it's a little bit of yes and a little bit of no. (laughs) I loved, thank you so much for being honest and sharing about your new relationship. We hear all the time that honesty is important in romantic relationships, and it really is. And it's hard to be honest just about normal things like I don't like when you say this and Mm -hmm. this hurt me and I need you to do this for me sometimes that alone in itself is just hard to be honest and you don't expect it to be so um this is you know just like that but also it's on this other level that you and Candace just talked about you know you wish you didn't have to say that so I'm wondering just to people in relationships what did you do to kind of fill up so that you had that confidence in who you were you know, to have those tough conversations and those important conversations, specifically with your boyfriend, but just in general. So weird, because it's almost, this sounds so bizarre and off kilter, but it was almost not necessarily easier, but I felt more prepared to tell him about some of this more, like the deep vulnerable honesty things about the like potential future than to be like, oh, when you said this, it didn't, like I didn't like it or whatever like some of the more like normal relationship things are still hard for me but isn't that so silly um, like I don't know why they are but it's like you just don't want (laughs) to say it when it comes up (laughs) exactly I mean he's such a rational person that it's like that if I do end up saying that it's like okay yeah like I understand let's like figure out a way to move forward or whatever um but with this I mean it was a lot of prayer I talked with um both my friend Carol a lot and then I just kind of like She had been in a relationship for about a year so far, I think. And so she's gone through that discussion. And so she's still like working through it with him and stuff like that. And so in my relationship, I was taking, I just kind of told her, I'm like, I can't hide this anymore. Like, this is hanging over my head. I just need to get it out. Like, this is probably too soon. (laughs) Um, But I went for it. And so she was praying. A couple of friends were praying. There's another um a friend of ours, Tiffany, um, she Tiff, had just yes. been through it about a month or so before. Yes, she's amazing. And so she and I prayed on the phone together and it was, I was really nervous, but at the same time, like I had so much confidence in, um, even if the words didn't come out right, of that this was the right thing to do. And it's definitely not like a conventional relationship story or anything like that, but he 
he handled it well, um, almost better than I thought he was going to, which was really cool of like, because Tiffany ex- um, explicitly prayed for that, like he would be understanding and that he would have the right words to say back and things like that. And that happened. And it was so amazing to see that within this fairly new relationship at the time. Um, and so now we're at, uh, we've been together five months. And so it's still kind of that evolving, like, okay, I'm not feeling super great today. Or like, oh, I have this bad doctor's appointment or something. And it's kind of, it's me learning how to better communicate my emotions and how I'm feeling that day. Um, because I tend to put on that strong face of like, oh yeah, I can do it, whatever. But it's definitely like, oh my gosh, it was just, <laughs> it was a lot of prayer. <laughs> um, and I definitely rambled through it. And, um, but it was, it was a huge, I mean, answer to prayer of just seeing how he responded and how we continue to have conversations about it now. And I think that I view it as more baggage than someone else would view it. Um, and I think it's me, like my insecurities of like, oh my gosh, I have all this stuff in my past, but everyone has their stuff. It just varies. And if someone truly is, is in a relationship with you for the right reason, that they'll be okay taking that on. That's so true. Um, but I commend yeah. you yeah. for being honest. And I, I kind of I like what you said that, oh, this might be too soon, but I need to get it off my chest. Like, it, it's so true. I think sometimes we think we need to walk on eggshells, especially in, quote unquote, newer relationships, mm-hmm. when really just for yourself, you need to be free of that pressure of like and that impending, oh, I have to have this conversation. What are they going to say? And... Yeah, so I just think that that's awesome. I think we need some more honesty in our romantic relationships sometimes. So Definitely. I think that's wonderful. Go go you. I really loved what you said when I told you about the title of this episode, Stronger, that you said you were living really one of the most healthy lifestyles in a way that you ever have. Kind of because you've, mm-hmm. you've, you've been forced to in a way, but I see that. I see that you've you're a runner now and you're like killing it <laughs> and how, what's the longest you did that Ragnar thing you explain it because I'm bad at that because I'm not yeah. a runner but it's really amazing yeah, so what you've been able to accomplish done... just as a human yeah thank you yeah it's one of like training has definitely been weirder and harder and it's been more of a balance and I haven't been able to PR as much as I think I um, as much as I would have liked. Yeah, and then I also did the Ragnar, which is a 200-mile relay race overnight with 12 people. And that was hard because I had to remember to take my supplements at the at a certain time. I had to remember to eat. I had to make sure that I brought all my own food. Thankfully, there was this paleo um, like pop-up shop at one of the major exchanges. Um, and just like, I mean, you weren't sleeping. I slept three hours and 36 hours. <laughs> Um, but it was, oh my gosh, it was so worth it. Like for me, everyone has their balance and everyone has their limits. And so I've learned that I can push through my limits in certain situations as long as I have time to recover. And so as a fitness enthusiast, I guess you could say, um, I, I'm doing another Ragnar. And so in, in a couple months. And so that is okay. I know that I'm going to have to take it really easy the week after, and I might have to like up my supplements or something like that. But I want to experience life. Like I want to have fun and I want to travel and explore and everything. So for, if that is for me that I get more sick for a little bit, 
for me, that's worth it. Everyone has their own limits. It's just crazy to think about, like, my blood pressure is always really good when I go to the doctor, and I've, I've had nurses kind of give me this look of, like, this is really good. And, like, they look at my file and see all these complaints and diagnoses and everything and all this medicine that I'm on, and then they go in, and I'm a fairly healthy average person. So it's really interesting dichotomy between the strength of having this new healthy lifestyle but then also kind of like the strength in the weakness of learning to live with this chronic illness. Just the other day on Instagram, you posted about, what do you call them, your self-care Thursdays or something? Yes, yes. Like your mornings, you can explain that more. But I am just in awe kind of of the way that you make time for that so consistently how do you keep reminding yourself it's worth it even when you have a lot of work you probably should be doing or you really just want to sleep two more hours or whatever Mm -hmm. it may be like all the excuses that I give (laughs) for not doing it (laughs) so yeah Yeah. I would love just for you to speak more to that because I think that you have really hit on something here thank you yeah it's a combination of really liking a couple coffee shops in the area, me really liking the book I'm reading. And also I I have it on Thursdays for a reason because backing up a little bit when I first started this whole little self-care Thursdays was I realized that by Wednesday and Thursday, I was really um, just kind of like run down from the week. I realized that Thursdays is when I needed to do it. um, Kind of get me through the last bit of the week strong. And so I just take an hour. I, I bring a book or um, sometimes it's like it's a longer run. It's whatever me time I need at that time. Sometimes it's getting coffee and breakfast with my boyfriend or something like that. Um, But I realize that whenever I'm really intentional about that, my mental health just skyrockets. Like it's so much better. And it really helps me kind of go into the weekend strong instead of feeling like the weekend is for rejuvenation, which in a way it is, but it's also kind of this midweek pause, see how I'm doing mentally, um, read a really a really good book. I'm reading Brene Brown right now. She's amazing. And so it's really just kind of taking an hour. Like, it's not long. I can avoid work for an hour. I turn my phone over or I put it in my pocket, and I just I try to ignore the world a little bit. And that's been one of the most beneficial things for me, especially in this kind of weird career spot that I'm in now as well. okay, so I have this autoimmune disease and that has just increased my need for community and vulnerability. But hey, people who don't struggle with this, you're not off the hook. (laughs) You still need community. (laughs) It's still going to make you stronger. Yeah, so the whole vulnerability within community thing is that when, like, you know when you go to a new small group or you're in a new group of friends and the conversation's kind of weird and no one's really opening up. And so in those situations, like, it just takes some time and then you all start getting really deep, you start talking about your struggles, and that is the community where, because you're vulnerable, you're stronger as a unit, and they will be the ones who will like bring you meals or take you out to lunch or something like that for, I mean, regardless of for everyone, like that is the type of community that will make you stronger and that'll build stronger relationships because there aren't any walls. For anyone listening, regardless of what your, what your health situation is, I think it's just, I just want to encourage you to like to take to take that step. It doesn't have to be with a massive group of people. Just like pick one or two friends that you feel like you really have the strong connection with. 
set I mean you could set up weekly time to to grab coffee in the morning you could um, see how my entire life revolved around coffee it's true yeah, um, with but you. it's a big <laughs> but it's true like so wherever it is um, just really focus on letting those walls come down um, and be oh, I kind of hate this phrase but be intentional about it and just really like even when you're not feeling like it when you're not feeling like it you need to do it um, and I think that's one of the most important things to remember. He has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with my weakness, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. If you feel weak today, maybe it's physically something with your health. Maybe it's something totally different. Remember that you're not the only one. In your weakness, your faith and your God can be made so strong. And don't forget what Hannah said, your community is your secret weapon. Thanks for sharing your story today, Hannah, and just being honest, not only with your community, but with us today too. What you said inspired me. I think I needed it, and I know I'm not the only one. You can find Miss Hannah Moyer on Instagram or Twitter at HJ Moyer. She's very inspiring and has great taste in photos. Plus, she's working on entering the podcasting world very soon. So go follow her so you'll have another awesome podcast to listen to down the road. In today's episode, you heard a brief clip of music from One Republic. It's their song, Let's Hurt Tonight, from Hannah's story. Also, you heard the instrumental version of Let's Hurt Tonight, played by the Piano Dreamers.